0: Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, do you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million-dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million-dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar
1: BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today the Boomers, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work, so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. The Blue Collar BS Podcast helps blue-collar business owners like you build a business that'll thrive for decades to come by turning that blue-collar bullshit into some blue-collar business solutions.
0: In this episode, you're going to learn not being the smartest person in the room is an asset. Change orders in your business, if you're a construction organization, absolutely positively matter. Age and self-talk is a hindrance, and that high expectations will lead to high performance. Our guest
1: today is Patrick Robertson, a millennial who owns a high-end residential remodeling firm with big aspirations. His strength is knowing business and people. Growing up blue-collar has provided him an edge. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show, Brad Herta. How are you doing, my friend?
0: I am doing fantastic, Mr. Doyle. And how is it in the beautiful state of Michigan this week for you?
1: Well, you know, we had some great thunderstorms. If you like 4th of July, last night was the night for you. Half of Metro Detroit without power today. I mean, it is is phenomenal.
0: Well, that's good for you. you.
1: Yeah, half the town without power. You know, today I... Worked alongside some electricians and uh, found out, you know, I had bad head, and uh, you know, my uh, pole kept smacking the the rim of the hole all day. So it was just I don't uh, need
0: to know, don't need yeah. to know, don't you know, need to know. We can move st- on, Mr. Doyle. <laughs> no, we'll just move not, on. No.
1: Okay. <laughs> no. So yeah, I was you know pulling some wire and my uh, fish stick, you know, didn't Which... properly you know tie off on the top at the at the head and uh, you know kept getting stuck right. on the. Hey,
0: all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, we have a guest today. You know we have a guest today?
1: Oh, that's right. Me too. So I need to have a show today, Brad.
0: You're making a great first impression, Steve. Thank you so <laughs> much. Yes, baby. <maybe. laughs> so do you
1: have a show today, baby.
0: Today, we have a, uh, a gentleman from the great state of New York, Mr. Patrick Robertson, who is the owner and founder of Momentous Building Enterprises and has a diverse background, who was introduced to us from a previous guest of us, Ron Nussbaum. Patrick, we are excited here today to have you on our show to hear all the exciting things you got going on and your opinions and thoughts of the construction world. Thank you so much for having me here today, Brad and Steve. I'm looking forward to
2: it. What a great <laughs> introduction! Uh, this, <laughs> this is my time to show it. I love it. Awesome.
1: awesome. So before we get started, before I forget, as Brad reminds me in our pre-show, which generation do you best fit in with?
2: I would have to say I technically fit fit in better with the millennials, although. I don't know if that's something to be proud about or not, but I think I'd less agree with the Generation Z. So
0: you are less in agreement. I, you I are guess less g-
2: identify with Generation Z.
0: You less identify with G and identify more with Millennials. Is that what you are saying?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are standing
0: yeah. up for Millennials, is what you are telling me. Sadly, I have to make a choice. I am like a lot God. of people. Wow! All right, you and Steve <laughs> can march together.
1: Awesome. <laughs> Okay, Boomer.
0: (laughs) Hey, you know, (laughs) reap what you sow at times, right? right. Guess what? I sowed all this shit, right? Here we go. So how did you get into construction, Patrick? How did you find your passion and your way to become your own business owner in in this very dynamic and competitive world at such a young age?
2: Yeah, so really simple answer. I grew up in it. My father owns a GC company, so since sixth grade. I've been working. Before that, I was, you know, fathered. Hey, son, you, you know? Was,
0: were you working in New York as a sixth grader? I, was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, I yeah. think child labor laws. It's okay. It's New York. No big yeah. deal.
1: Um,
0: but yeah. So that
2: that that's kind of my backstory. And then you know, I my great father told me go get a go to college, get a degree. I got it in engineering, and then found out I still wanted to be a contractor. So. Uh, found my way after a few years, worked for my father, and then figured out opening my own company was the best way that I could provide the most value to my clients and also achieve the dreams that I have for myself.
0: That's fantastic. That's awesome. So, So you opened up your firm, your organization in 2020. Yep. Probably not the... Well, probably could have been a really good year with everything that was going on and and everybody staying from home in the remodeling space. Are you in the more of the remodeling, new construction? Where where do you fit?
2: So I'm in the high-end remodeling space, um, especially in my area of northern Westchester, New York, which for anyone listening is just north of New York City. A lot of old homes. I'm currently working on a house from the 1800s. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, no, it's it's awesome to see real two-by-four walls right
0: yeah not Oh shit my math is different
2: yeah and like seeing like a four by eight header like that's literally four inches by eight inches and it's like someone just chopped the tree down and it's in your house um so it's really cool brings a whole different set of challenges and then you know i'm blessed i have amazing clients that want the best so i get to perform and work on the best projects which is just a blessing if fits well with me
0: that's very, very cool. So, all right, you're working on high end homes, and I, I'm just going to go from a perceptions based perspective yeah. that, right, you're working on these high end homes. They see this uh, very young gentleman walk into mm-hmm. their house to work on this 1800s house that still might be knob and tube and all these other fun things. And they're going to go, You're going to do what to my house? How, how, yeah. how is that relationship with those clients and, and the perceptions of you walking in the room? How have you dealt with those and overcome those things?
2: Yeah, so it's funny. I have a lot of these conversations with people my age that are whether it's a different business industry or construction, and I deal with this my myself. And a lot of that, oh, you're young, you're just a kid type of thing, is self perceived. Like it's how we walk into the room and how we talk and how much you actually know your craft, right? So I overcome that with being the best possible contractor and knowing the most that I possibly can. And I have that conversation. And luckily, over the years, I've built up a reputation. So my referral basis are, is very strong. And I walk in the room like I'm 40 years old and I've been doing this my whole life because, quite frankly, I have. So that objection definitely comes up. But when we sit down for 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half, and we're talking about the project for 15 minutes, and then we're talking about life and all these other things for 45 minutes, an hour, which really builds the relationship with the client that age thing really dissipates quickly
0: that's spectacular and like you said if you were if you were working since 6 that gives you 20 plus years of experience already right. even though it's only 3 years of of business owner right yeah yep which is uh um which is fantastic and that is often overlooked in the uh, trades world when we have young people into the coming into the market is that perception is, comes out and says, well, how do you know anything, right? And the wisdom you've gained over those years of watching the mistakes and, and learning differently has had, to, I, I got to imagine, just had a great impact on your ability to take on these older homes and these older projects. So you've seen a lot more things than many others possibly.
2: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I kind of had the cheat code too, or my father being the owner of the company, I got to do stuff a lot faster and a lot more than someone else that was 16, 17, 18, 19, right? Like there was a summer and I think I was 16 and the whole summer I was on an excavator. I was oh, cool. running two, two 60,000 pound excavators um, with hammer changing out bucket, going here and there, pouring foundations, doing excavation. So, but like what kind of 16 year old gets that education? So like I had these cheat codes where like I wasn't a driver for three years. I was working in the field, working with the clients, doing these upper tier things that quite frankly are probably above my pay grade, but I'm a very quick learner and I was blessed to be in that position. So that's kind of how my experience skyrocketed because of that.
0: Besides your dad, was there anybody else on the crew that uh, kind of took you underneath the wing and, and supported you? Well, I have to say that I, I have to thank, you know, all the subcontractors
2: too, right? Because I would get plopped on the job. And I might be more of like in a viewer management role on the project, but the subcontractors like, oh yeah, come check this out. Oh, they're like, we're plumbing out a toilet. And I just sit there and watch them. You know, we're, we're, we're roughing in a shower, just sit there and watch them. So, and they would like that and they would like the conversation because I wouldn't mind having these blue collar truck driver conversations that probably, a if, you know, a 16 year old trying to be hearing, but well, like, it was really cool. And that's how I grew up. So.
0: you're really trying to restrain yourself here from dropping any, any language, but Hey, you know what? uh, We are considered, we are an explicit show according to Apple podcasts and everything. So it's okay.
2: (laughs) So, so when, you know, your plumber's talking about how he goes to Columbia and fucks hookers, um, you know, (laughs) and you're okay with that conversation. Like you, the personality and the personableness kind of comes right in, but you get the (laughs) open door key (laughs) to see how, the plumbing, right? <laughs> <It's> right. <fun>.
0: <laughs> wow, <laughs> that one. That one. Uh, that one. Where I, I did open the door. I did, I did open the door, and that's okay. It's all good. Yeah. But it's true. It is true. It is not. It is not necessarily. A pl- okay. Let me ask you this question. So, are you mostly self perform work today, or are you have a lot of subs in your place
2: for you? So that's that's kind of where I see that I am I utilize my expertise and my skill set. I subcontract everything out except for a few core guys that are on my team. But that allows me to, like, I've been blessed finding amazing plumbers, amazing carpenters, amazing painters, electricians, where, like, we all have set standards, right? Like, booties on. Like, you're cleaning up. It's your responsibility to clean up your mess, right? You're taking the trash away at the end of the day. You know you have to do that. There better be nothing when I come by at the end of the day. Or if I come to check out the job tomorrow, right? If I didn't get to close you guys out. So I've been able to acquire and build an amazing team to service our clients. And I think that that's really my skill set that I perform that I provide to my clients where it's like, I don't necessarily have them all on my payroll, but it's even better because I found guys that I probably couldn't afford at the time, but they work for me all the time now.
0: Did you – so to set those expectations, to bring that expectation way up here to that gold standard, as you brought suppliers in and out, did you run into any issues with some of the old farts that like, hey, I'm not going to listen to this kid to tell me to go take out my own garbage. he's young enough, he can go take out his own goddamn garbage. I'm not going to take care of it. Were there any of those types of things that occurred as you built up that supply base that you had to kind of
2: roll through? Yeah, so I get that all the time, especially being someone younger, right? And it's really, really challenging to have the conversation when I know what's truly right and needs what, what needs to be done, what material needs to be used, what the method is of the installation is. And then I have tile and solar or an electrician or someone saying, no, 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 we can't do it like that. No, 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 we, I'm going to do it like this, right? And I have to play this personality game to try to get them to do ultimately the better job. Sometimes, however, I do have to play the boss role and and lay down the hammer. Now, that's never pretty. I specifically remember when I was working commercial construction in Manhattan, one of my big projects, first big projects, I was running 100 guys a day by myself on two different floors. And this foreman carpenter, probably in his 50s and 60s, great guy, great carpenter, Came up, Galatia later, and was like, you mother, blah, 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 and yelling at me for five or ten minutes. And because I kind of did some scheduling, say we had to do stuff like this, he didn't agree with it. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't engage in that. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong, is that they try to fight back in a battle you can't win. So I took it, I bit my tongue, I didn't say anything. And I remember this experience because it wasn't something pretty, but I had to call his boss right? To say, this is how it has to be done. This is how the job site's being run. Do you have a problem with that? And he goes, no, we'll proceed. And we had to kind of lay down the hammer. But why I say that, like, coming back to the beginning question of like, do you get rejection that you're young? It is so important that you are always right, and that you know everything that's coming out of your mouth. Because if you do that, and you are right, and you lay down the law. A good aware person that can drop their ego, they'll be able to understand that, and they'll they might not say, "Okay, Patrick, you were right," but they won't say anything and they'll right. respect you for it because you actually made the right call.
0: Right, and having that stack of "I told you so" cards in your back pocket, you can't play them either, right? Because if yeah. you do, if you play it on them now, it just becomes that battle back and forth, and you've yeah, it's it's not a win win; it's a it's a lose lose at that point. And speaking of other generations, right? That's not how you do it.
2: You're not, you don't right. walk up the next day and say, I told you. Should. So that's a super immature way to do it, right? The best way to do it, you execute the plan. And the next day, you, guys, you buy each other you buy them a cup of coffee and you don't even talk about it. How's Correct. your day? And then yep. you just mutual agreement. And from what I understand of the generational differences, that's the best way to do it. Like, that's how men do it. I mean, it doesn't have to be just be men, but guys have a lot of ego. And they don't want to talk about it, but they'll understand it behind, in the background.
0: Right. So I'm I'm going to ask you a futuristic question here okay. for you, right? So you've come into this industry. You're sitting here as, a, as just a few years removed from that Gen Z group of individuals. So in another five to six years or so, right, you're going to be that guy sitting there. <laughs> and, hey, you know what? You got to fill out that crew. And- Um, I'm not going to go find the 48-year-old guy to come into my crew because it's not Mm -hmm. what you want to do. In comes the 20-year-old who now also has 14 years of experience and wisdom behind him because Mm -hmm. of him working with his father or whatever it might be. Can you envision yourself allowing somebody to come in to be smarter than you into your business? I hope to God. That is an awesome fucking response. That is the best response ever, dude. Thank you for that response. Brad, like
2: I'm sure you're far enough in life and business that if you're the smartest one in the room, you got a fucking problem on your hands. Like
0: I, I'm not disagreeing, but you'd be surprised how many individuals I see in in your age range who have their business who don't think that way.
2: It's and that's it's
0: ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. So I appreciate you so much for saying th- to coming up to that response because I'm like, okay. Awesome. That's spectacular.
2: It's it's the only way to progress. Because if I want to get to my goal of being a development company of transforming hundreds of people's lives on a single project, how am I ever going to do that? Like I would have to have a ridiculous amount of ego saying that I know everything and I'm the best here and this is going to be Patrick Robertson Development. I'd be an asshole, Brad, to be honest. Like that that's really what right. I would be. So yeah, we all have to lay down our ego. Now I'm going to stand up when I know what's right. And I know oh, there's going to
0: be those, there's going to be those battles. There's going to be that, yeah. those things that, you know, you want something done a certain way. Cause that's what you've done it for. You want 90 degrees to be 90 degrees in a corner. It's not that hard.
2: And, and it might be that, Hey, listen, Brad, we're going to have a round table. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I think I take the advice, take it all in. And you know what? We're going to go with my answer, even though you presented all of yours, because although you guys present great options, this is what needs to get done.
0: And you're carrying, as the business owner, you are carrying the the risk and the burden and the responsibility mm-hmm. and all the things that come along with it. Right? Yeah. And that's there's some of that that goes a long way from that perspective. You had mentioned you got a few guys on your crew. Where do they fit in the uh, age ranges? Uh, for your for your w-2s in in 30s they're in their 30s so i haven't really
2: found anyone younger coming on board yet but the caveat is that is that my area where i live and work it's an older population it's northern westchester it's not a city area i mean like i'm single primarily because like most single girls aren't can't afford to live in my area when they're in their 20s it's a really bougie ass area and it's good it has its great benefits but most people are in their 30s 40s 50s and 60s so i don't really get a whole bunch of that crowd looking for jobs in my area i wish because then i would get the chance to literally train somebody from the ground up and make them a team leader monster i would love that
0: pre-show you kind of mentioned um you know, you're looking at moving down to uh Texas, the great city mm-hmm. of Texas. So I'm going from yeah. New York to Texas. So what's facilitating that change or what's the opportunity looking like from that? Because now you're gonna come from a that's gonna be two very different worlds. Two two very different worlds,
2: but I'm it actually fits into more of like my personality. I'm not a huge winter person. So okay. being seventeen single, I have nothing to tying me down here, except for my company.
1: Okay. So
2: I think we all also in life need to make sure we're happy, you know, money, business, it's all great stuff. But if you don't have the core happiness of where you live and what you, what you like doing, then that's a problem. So my move is actually going to be twofold. It's moving, but it's also getting into what I truly love. And that's real estate overall through building and development. So I'm going to be tackling projects like that, utilizing, The great education experience I've had in construction so far, and then getting more onto even more into the management, oversight, and ownership of projects to kind of craft a vision that I, you know, in my gut, I know it's right to do.
0: Is that going to be mostly residential development, commercial development? What kind of development work are you looking to get into? Because those are, I mean, residential high end remodeling is very different than Mm -hmm. multi use. Uh development spaces.
2: See, it is, but here's the thing that I'm actually a student of is business. Mm-hmm. So I love the business, and that's what's gotten me successful because I can provide an amazing business experience and structure for my clients, right? And that's what I believe is the most important thing for any contractor. That's what any contractor's lacking in our industry that is having troubles. It's the actual business expertise. Uh-huh. So <laughs> My background of knowing what a change order is and all this stuff is Come going to you actually use
0: change orders?
2: Yeah, I use co construct. I'm a nut, <laughs> like, I'm a I'm saying that
0: facetiously because most people don't, and it screws yeah. them in the back at the back end.
2: Most people don't, most contractors don't know what how an allowance works. Like, most contractors don't know that, like, just because you have an allowance of five grand and say it magically comes out to five grand, which usually it doesn't, but say right. it does. You still have to do a zero dollar change order to change that allowance into it most if anyone's listening for a contractor, highly recommend understanding how to go from a, an allowance or an allowance option into cementing it into the contract via change order very very important uh,
0: ma- massively important um, just from a legal perspective and from a yeah. uh, opportunity perspective it is uh but that is a very important piece and. I don't know how many people end up getting themselves into legal troubles and into small claims court or into theft by contractor because they Mm -hmm. decided not to do the change order. And the biggest thing I I tell my clients, I I don't care if you say you're going to take care of it and you may not want to charge them. Right. I'm going to move this outlet from A to B. Great. You'll take care of it. But go ahead and do the change order. Hey, it's gonna be four hundred and fifty dollars. Move outlet from wall south wall to north wall, four hundred and fifty dollars, mm-hmm. credit four hundred and fifty dollars, zero dollars, zero time. Have them sign it. So they know yeah. that they're getting value along the way. Because otherwise if you just say yeah, I'll take care of it, it just piles up and you forget what's what and it becomes a mess.
2: Yeah, and if it's a change on the project, I mean, even if you don't want to go that extreme, which I'd recommend documenting and signing it off, at least send an email. It's like, hey, listen, Brad. Thank you so much for the great phone call. I noticed we had those two outlets over there. We want to change it over to the South Wall. We're just going to take care of it like we talked about on the phone. Let, you know, Just respond here if you have any problems or you, you want to talk about it at all. But otherwise, we're going to move forward like as discussed. And that simple thing alone, if you ever have to go into mediation or court, is massively, massively important. Because here's the thing. In the moment, it's very clear. Conversation, blah, blah, blah. But six months later, when the painting's done, and the outlet covers are done, People forget about that one week conversation and decision making process, and the uh, little words that were exchanged here and there.
0: Right? I didn't. I didn't choose this gray paint. I wanted this room to be blue. Yeah. Mm, no. 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 This is here. It is here's here's what you have. You've picked the gray. You signed off on it. Here it is.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's very important. But I got a question for you. What do you yeah. see? What do you see lacking in the Generation Z or even the younger millennials in the workforce, and specifically construction? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Being a Boomer,
0: well, I'm not. I'm I'm Gen I'm Gen X. I'm not a Boomer.
2: Um, okay,
0: <laughs> just letting you know, just in case, I'm on the tail. I'm on the leading edge of Gen, ah. Gen X. End of that Boomer range, similar to you being on the tail end of that Millennial crowd on the beginning, oh. right? Or you're on the tail end of Millennial. Um, I'm on the front end of of Gen X, so it's okay. What I see in the Gen Zs is ultimately a lot of loyalty, uh, a very loyal generation to brand product different things so my both my kids are are Gen Z and watching them go through what they've experienced in high school, college, and early career starts thus far is change is not what they enjoy right because mm-hmm. everything's been scheduled for. Forever in a day since they've been right go to school, go to sports, come home, do homework, go to bed, da-da-da, go to right? It's just very routine. And that's upset of that change is not always something that's exciting for them. And if organizations, when organizations provide them the ability to see a career path, they will take on that career path. <laughs> what they also are very quick at is if if there's nothing to do and there's no value there they're out the door just as quickly Mm -hmm. as the millennial crowd was right so a my generation uh and the older you know even to make work last eight hours i might have two hours worth of work to make last eight hours great a gen z kid's gonna do two hours of work and say i'm out of here i don't want to be sitting around here for six Mm -hmm. more hours twiddling my thumbs doing nothing i'm gonna get the work done so i can go do something else because there's tell me what you want me to do i'll do it and then i'm gone and then Mm -hmm. leave me alone right So that's a, that's a downside potential, but I see that more as a leadership opportunity for the other generations to understand versus a, a a them problem. Yeah. So I
2: couldn't agree more. And I asked that because from what I primarily see, like all my cousins and like, you know, everyone's younger than me. I'm pretty much the oldest of the crowd. And what I've seen is just that, is that there is a lack of, it, it seems like initiative. It seems like initiative. But really, what it is, it's a lack of incentive. Mm-hmm. And I think this all stems from the fact that their entire life has been easy. Very, very easy. They're the generation that had phones, they had computers, they had. I mean, my, I personally, probably my age group was the last to feel what a recession is. I mean, and I only remember it is because my dad is a contractor, right? So every night there was an argument in the kitchen right. between my parents about how there's no goddamn money left. Right. Right. Um, so like, I, I know what that I was distinctly remember what like hard times actually are like, but you know, imagine growing up in a life where like there's no problems, like your biggest problem is if you're going to take up, you know, basketball or, you know, some other sport in the winter. Right. And like, that's not a problem. And then you, you're given cell phones, you're giving all this stuff. And it makes a really, really easy life. And then increasingly, parents have becoming more from a helicopter parent to a bulldozer parent, right? And just basically plowing the way for them where there's no actual struggle. There's no like, go figure it out yourself type of thing. It's raining out today. Don't, for, you know, the parents will just, here are your boots. It's raining out today. Right. Meanwhile, like, they don't have to think that like, oh, I should probably wear boots today because it's raining out. Right. So I see all of that really stemming from a problem of parenting and there's probably gonna be a mm-hmm. lot of parents listening to this and hate me mm-hmm. for it because I've told this to my parents and they don't like the way that sounds either, but it's I, the reality.
0: It, it, it is reality. It is, it is very much a reality. And that's, you know, mentoring the first robotics program and seeing young students in high school from freshman to senior year to do all of those things that they were doing and being away and, you know, and coaching youth sports for a bunch of years Kids will get things right if you give them the chance. They're not stupid. Oh, they're not they're they're not stupid. People are not stupid. They will do what they need to do if they're given the right opportunities to and and enough guardrails to not do something completely stupid. But at the end of the day, that we're humans and we're gonna probably make good decisions at the end of the day if we're doing them for the right reasons and, and given the right incentives along the way. Like you said, the lack of incentive is the biggest thing. So so Patrick how somebody wants to get a hold of you, whether you're in New York, Dallas, wants to work on a project, wants to connect with you about how you created your empire that you're building? How do people get a hold of you? what do they do where do you, Where do you hang out? Yeah. so I can be
2: found at Patrick Robertson on LinkedIn Just shoot me a message, and I'll happily connect with you guys. I'm also on Instagram at Mr. Project Patrick, and then i got a yeah, I got a YouTube channel that's momentous living. Which uh, coming up, we're going to make a little bit of a rebrand going into Texas, planning to do a 90-day vlog of what it looks like, you know, moving, starting up, and getting things going in a new state after moving 1,800 miles. So those are the three best places to to check thing, things out if you want to get connected or ask me any questions.
0: that's uh, That is very that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. I am super excited for you. I am very happy that you were able to come on the show today. I'm, I'm glad that Mr. Doyle was able to be here in the beginning and the end. So that's always fantastic for us. Those people in part. I know, it's right? Beginning and How about that middle stuff? Those details. Don't worry about it. Just deeds. Yeah. So thank you very much, Patrick, for being here today. We greatly uh, appreciate your time, your thoughts, your insight, and uh, all the best in your move to Dallas.
2: Thank you so much, Brad. Thank you so much, Steve. It was great chatting with you guys. I really enjoy this.
0: Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show, as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue collar businesses strong for generations to come.